to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner, holistic health coach, Reiki practitioner, and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, recipes, services, programs, and ebooks. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. Remember my disclaimer, the information in this podcast is general health and nutrition advice and is not a replacement for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. If you'd like to submit a question or a topic for me to discuss, submit it on the podcast page at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and join our Facebook group, Wellness Wellness Podcast Tribe. So today's episode is a little different. It's an experiment. It's a throwback. Let me give you the story behind this. So many of you might remember that I used to also co-host a podcast called Straight Up Paleo with my friend and fellow NTP, Kara Halderman. We created that podcast because we wanted to be able to answer a lot of the common nutrition and health questions we get in a very straight up way. Kara and I are both very straightforward people, and we also wanted to cater more towards women in their in their 20s and 30s as opposed to a lot of the other podcasts we would hear who we felt like would sometimes sugarcoat a lot of the information and or not make it digestible or approachable for people closer to our age and or just not really talking very much to people who were in their 20s or early 30s as opposed to older women and men. So that was the why behind Straight Up Paleo. It was such a fun podcast and it really took off very quickly. We ran it for about a year and then Kara and I both just reached points in our businesses where we had so many big plans for our our own individual businesses and I was also still running this podcast at the same time that we decided that we are just going to wrap up the show and go after our own passions. And Kara now focuses on mindset. She's an NLP master practitioner. And I focused more on this podcast, growing my brand in a different direction. And so we both just needed extra time and space. But that podcast was so much fun. That was so much fun to make. People sent in amazing questions and we had such an amazing engaged audience. And I know many of you who are listening to this also listened to that show. So thank you for that. And I definitely miss it sometimes, but that show is going to disappear into the cloud at some point. But I felt like there was a lot of good content still. I know it helped a lot of you. So I thought I should just start putting some of those episodes on this show so that when that show does disappear, people could still get access to the information here. So my intention was to start slowly over time reposting those episodes so you could listen to them if you did listen to them the first time. It's probably a a good idea to hear the information once more because I'm listening back to them and I don't even remember half of this. So you probably have forgotten some things and if you've never heard it, you might enjoy it. So this episode is our second Straight Up Paleo episode. I decided not to post the first because it's basically just me and Kara introducing ourselves and telling you our why, which I kind of just went over. But I want to explain why I'm saying this is an experiment because I'm posting this episode and I would really appreciate your feedback in the Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. And let me know if you want me to continue posting these or not. I really want your genuine feedback because in my head, I thought this was such a great idea. And then I went back to listen to the episodes and some of them are just such bad quality. I'm going to be totally honest. Like the audio quality is not is not what I what I try to have on this show, but I felt like it was it it was such good information. So I thought I would just do a test run and give you a sample and let me know. Do you want me to still post them even though not all of them are the best quality? Some of them are better than others or do you feel like, "Hey, I'm just not down with that audio quality, so let's just ditch the idea of putting 
the Straight Up Pillow episodes on here. Please let me know after you listen to the whole thing. Not all of the episodes have bad sound quality, but I would say probably about half are not where I would like them to be. And if you guys know me, you know I'm, you know how I am. Anyways, (laughs) the other thing is it's very interesting for me to listen back and hear myself because I feel like I'm not listening to myself. After we ended that podcast is when I really started getting into my spiritual journey. I did so much personal and self-development, and I don't know if it's just an energetic thing or even in the way I talk, but I just don't even recognize myself in these episodes. So it's very strange, and I'm curious as I listen to these if my opinion has changed on anything I said because it very well could have. So I'm going to try to point out if my opinion has changed from anything I said in the episode since because it very well could have and I'm totally open to changing my opinion and I just try and tell you guys when I do. I think in general my opinions on a lot of things related to health and nutrition have shifted so much. I think also my delivery with information has changed and just my energy behind how I convey information. But I think also the point of that podcast was just to be super blunt and straightforward. And that's how I am naturally. But it's just interesting. I feel like I'm listening to someone else. I'm not sure. Have you ever, as an adult, watched a video of yourself from when you were in high school or middle school and you just are like, who was I? How did I have so much energy and feistiness because that's how I feel. So I think part of me had a hesitation in reposting these episodes because my content now is different than it was before because I'm different. And part of me doesn't want to repost a representation of not who I am now, if that makes sense. But I do feel like Kara and I gave some really great information and answered a lot of really great questions so it could benefit people. So that's kind of my my story behind this episode. This is a test run. So after you listen to this, let me know if you enjoy hearing these episodes again, if you like it, or if you want me to just ditch this idea because I just want I just want to please the people, you know? So please let me know in the Facebook group Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. This is just throwback Thursday over here. And if I do continue to repost these, they won't be every week. Don't worry. It would be maybe like once a month or something along those lines, really for the purpose of having these episodes still live at some point in the future when Straight Up Paleo officially is totally gone from the internet, the cloud, wherever wherever it gets stored. I should probably know that. So in this episode, we answer three listener questions, and I also thought it was so interesting because I went back this weekend to, to listen to this as I was putting together this show, and what we talk about in the introduction is literally what I just talked about on last week's episode, so two episodes ago, when I was talking about some of the problems with traditional treatment for eating disorders and food shaming and all of that, we're talking about the same thing in the introduction of the show. And it was just so bizarre to me and also kind of comical to me how how I portrayed my feelings then and then how I portray them now. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was that was crazy that the same thing got brought up. And then we are also talking about if a chronic loss of appetite is connected with gut issues. We discuss taking shots of olive oil to clear out your gallbladder and just liver detoxes, what you need to know about those, as well as how fruit can impact weight loss, our thoughts on sugar detoxes, so many fun topics. Before I hop into this episode with Kara, I want to tell you about today's sponsor, Ned Full Spectrum Hemp Oil. You guys know this is the only CBD product I use. It is the highest quality out there, and the best part is it's not just CBD. When you're getting a product with just CBD, you're not really getting the full benefits because the power of hemp is the entourage effect. So you want the full spectrum. You want 
the CBD as well as all of the other active cannabinoids like CBG, CBC, CBDA, CBGA, and those lovely smelling hemp terpenes. Ned Full Spectrum Hemp Oil is amazing for reducing anxiety, helping with your sleep if you have trouble staying asleep or falling asleep. It's great as an anti-inflammatory if you have an autoimmune disease. It's been used to help with a number of serious chronic conditions like epilepsy, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, anything where you need to work on reducing inflammation levels, and inflammation is basically at the root of every health issue, the Ned Full Spectrum Hemp Oil can, can really help support your body in that way. I find myself recommending this to almost everybody I talk to because pretty much everybody dealing with a health issue, it is somehow connected to inflammation or having a sleep issue or struggling with anxiety or depression. This is also great for balancing out your hormones. And if you're a woman, Ned has a full line, their natural cycle collection designed for female hormones to balance those out, make your periods easy. And that's a collection that I'm a big believer in whenever people ask me, what should I do to balance out my hormones? I mean, there are so many things I could say, but a really easy thing you could do is start using Nez Natural Cycle Collection. These products are the highest quality out there. It pains me how many CBD companies are not sourcing properly and also how many don't even put the amount of CBD in the bottle that they claim to. Ned only extracts from hemp flowers, also known as the buds, instead of the stalks and seeds of the hemp plant, which a lot of other companies use, and they only use a very gentle, slow ethanol-based extraction method done at room temperature, so no high heat or high pressure. They don't use any isolates or synthetic ingredients. The only ingredients are the CPG, the full range of other phytocannabinoids, and non-GMO MCT oil. So no filler ingredients, no flavorings. This is totally gut-friendly. If you think that CBD oil doesn't work, if you've tried it and you're like, that doesn't work, trust me, you got to give the Ned Full Spectrum Hemp Oil a shot because it is completely different and highly effective. This is something I take every single day and can't live without. So if you want to check it out, just go to helloned.com and you can use my discount code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S for 15% off. Again, that's helloned.com and my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S will get you 15% off. I think it's time to hop into this throwback episode, Straight Up Paleo, episode two. Here we go. Sup, Christina. Sup, Kara. How's it going? You know, chilling on this lovely <laughs> Friday evening. What are you doing? I'm pretty sleepy, honestly. You and just took some magnesium. I know, but it doesn't, it doesn't work that fast. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've, honestly, I've been sleepy since lunch. I don't know what happened. I hope I didn't eat something I'm intolerant to. We're like intolerant to the world, so. Oh, you know <laughs> yeah. what? I just, I just started eating. I got really into chives and I've never had them before. And I honestly so feel good. like I'm reacting to them a little bit. Oh my God. Because I've been really chives? sleepy ever since I started eating them. That yeah. is insane. Speaking of intolerances, if you're listening to this episode and you're intolerant to coconut, like, please send me a message and tell me what it feels like to be intolerant to coconut because I think that's me right now. Just I th- my worst, my worst intolerance fears are avocado and coconut. Avocado is the worst. I was intolerant to avocado for a period of time and my lips would tingle and like swell up and my whole mouth would tingle and it was very bizarre and weird. So don't ever do that. I was intolerant to it too, but nothing happened to my lips, my stomach. I had such bad stomach pains. I had to go to the doctor and they had to give me like, yeah, it was really bad. I, when I was reintroducing them after a low FODMAP, I had a quarter of an avocado and I literally for three days could not move, but it's terrible. I kept eating it until the pain went away because <laughs> I was like, I refuse to be intolerant. I'm forcing my body to recognize this pretty much. Yeah. But I don't get how people who eat really high fat diets don't all become intolerant to coconut and avocado because it's such like a heavy part well, of your diet. They must not have leaky gut 
But let's face it, everyone has leaky gut. I know. (laughs) We're all due due to leaky gut. Um, The other exciting thing that happened was today in the mail, I got my mini trampoline. Yay. A rebounder. I'm so excited. Yeah, but I... I got it for like $25 off Amazon and I think I have to set it up. So I'm praying it's not hard to set up. It's if it not. is, have you set up, a, have you set it up before? Yeah, it's super easy. And honest, it was years ago though. So I don't know, but be careful because my stepmom, she bought one off of Amazon that was like $25 and one of the springs broke when she was jumping on it. So oh my God stop we used to have when i was growing up we used to have like one of those huge trampolines you know yes and one time i mean it wore down and then we were on it when it wore down there's like five of us on it and we all jump up and we jumped on and just all the springs at once just broke and we all (laughs) fell through thankfully it was grass underneath so we didn't have a hard landing what a tragedy but it was that was fun. That was fun. Okay, well, you're scaring me, but hopefully, I mean, I'm you're like fine. a small person. You are. I'll be fine. You'll be good. Why did you get one in the first place? Well, because I keep hearing all of these biohackers talk about how incredible it is, and also I've been getting really bored with my workout warm-ups when I work out in the morning because I do all my workouts at home, and so I thought, oh, actually, that could be a good like warm-up. While also getting all these other biohacky benefits, mm-hmm. you know, and if Ben Greenfield does it, I do it. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> why, why don't you tell people how long have you been doing it? Well, I did it at my parents' house for a really long time when I lived with them. And it's been for years. And basically, it just helps speed up like the lymph flow because a lot of us our lymphatic system which is like where all your toxins are getting processed and shipped out and stuff like that it gets clogged and the fluid can be like viscous and gross so it needs help and when you jump or like do dry brushing and stuff like that it helps the flow because the flow of your lymphatic system is upwards like it's towards your heart it's not Mm -hmm. downwards with the force of gravity so like jumping and stuff like that helps with the lymphatic flow and it's good for cortisol i don't know the science behind that i just hear people talking about it and it it's true it's fun and it's just good it's good exercise it's good like low impact exercise like so good for people i think especially for older people like if they're trying to get exercise you know just get a little I was also thinking though, because as I realized, I, you guys know I'm obsessed with walks, but once it starts raining or gets really cold, I feel like that's a good thing for me to do instead of like going outside. If I can't go outside, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and I need to release release some energy. I can just bounce for a few minutes and then come back to work. Do it. Yes. But walking in the cold is fun. I I like it. it. it is, but I don't like walking in the rain. No, no one does. And there's a but hurricane so, in Texas, so I'm not I'm going so outside. That scares the crap out of me. No, but I'm, I'm in so North excited Texas. for it to get like I love like fall and winter. I'm obsessed. I cannot wait. Does it? What's it? You guys have like real seasons? Yeah, we actually have four seasons here in Texas. Kind of our winter oh like sometimes doesn't exist. And it'll be like 70, 80 degrees in winter. What will it be like if I come and visit you at the end of September, end of October? It'll be fall, like real life fall. Like 50, 60 degrees probably. I'm going to have to bring a snowsuit. I'm such a wimp. Literally, (laughs) if it's like like 75 here, I'm like, it is Antarctica. I have 20 layers on. It's freezing. California probs. Do you? Oh my god! I'm just. I all I want to do is curl up with a mug of tea and watch movies. Well, that's I'm pretty just, like, much all I do here. So and bake. Yeah. And bake. Yes. I hope we like the same kind of movies. Well, but I guess we'll see. All I watch is like Hallmark movies. Oh yeah, we're into. I'm into it. Cool. Um, the other thing. Speaking of walks, everybody asked me to address this 
on a podcast or a blog post, but I'm honestly just not going to talk about it in a blog post because I've already written blog posts similar to it. But last night on my walk, so if you guys don't follow me on Instagram, I always go on rants. Well, not always, but often no, I go on rants. Always. Okay, it's always it's always I always go on rants on my walks on Instagram stories so follow me over there if you want to see (laughs) but I got really really pissed off yesterday because I woke up and I saw all of these bloggers reposting this girl who had posted something on Facebook saying that if you have recovered from an eating disorder and you're clean eating, that means you didn't really recover from your eating disorder. Like basically Um, saying like the two can't go together. So you can't eat clean if you're recovered from an eating disorder. And then compared that to somebody who was an alcoholic being, she's like, that's as if somebody's an alcoholic saying that they're sober and they're still drinking wine and beer. That they really don't relate. I'm like, that is the most ignorant. This is, it's just so ignorant. And it got me, God, my, my heart is like pounding. Cause I get so, I know I can, I can see your face. It's completely different. First of all, everybody has to eat food. Okay. So if you have an eating disorder, no matter what, you're always going to have to eat food. Somebody who is an alcoholic, you don't have to drink alcohol to survive. So, yeah, you can avoid it, okay? Like, that's – it's totally different. And, like, ugh. But beyond that ignorant issue. But that was what your rant was about on – My rant was about about that post because I was so upset because it's absolutely untrue that you – that if you eat clean, you can't recover from an eating disorder. It's absolutely untrue. So untrue. And in my opinion – and in my opinion, this is why a lot of times girls, this is why a lot of times girls get, have, they'll go in with anorexia or bulimia and they'll come out with binge eating disorder or something like that. Yeah, it's true. And, and like actually eating real whole food and having some dietary restrictions, like whatever, eating clean, it's actually setting your gut and your brain up to work better so you are in a better mood and you have better gut flora and you know like we all know that the more gut flora that we have the better our digestive system the better it helps out with mood and like mental health so mm-hmm. eating clean if anything supports you from recovering from an eating disorder like you don't have exactly. to eat gluten and dairy and like all the things to prove that you've recovered Yeah, exactly. And a lot of times eating disorders are wrapped up in gut issues. And it's like, unless you heal your gut, you're not gonna, but I got so many messages in response to that rant as usual. But the one, I took a picture because quite a few people messaged me who have worked in facilities and they were like, I'm so happy you're saying this. And this one girl said, I worked at an eating disorder facility. My job was to sit with clients during their meals and encourage them to eat the facility food. It was huge amounts of unhealthy processed sugary foods that they were very clearly having reactions to because they clearly had gut issues and health issues. But the staff told them it was all in their head and they wouldn't let them progress through the program or leave unless they ate all the food and it was literally making them sick and throw up. It was the shittiest thing to watch, and I tried so hard to explain things to the clinicians, but Western medicine just doesn't even recognize gut issues, food sensitivities, and they were just sitting around saying, why aren't these clients healing? That is so sad. I know. I started tearing up when I read that. That is so sad. Oh, my gosh. So, yeah, that's terrible. Yeah. I mean, I'm not even going to get, I mean, I ranted about that for like a solid 10 minutes. Um, so I'm not even going to reiterate it on here, but it's a really important point because I mean, I'm just sick of the health shaming in the food blogging space. I'm like this girl who's saying this, you're stop health shaming people. It's not okay. The same way people make these statements about intuitive eating, which I've, I mean, I've, I've written posts about all of this. They say, basically if you're in, Unless you're binging on cookies and ice cream, you're not intuitive eating. Well, that's not true. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Are they saying if you're following any kind of diet, diet plan or protocol, yeah, whatever, then, then you can't intuitively eat. Well, that's not true. It's like, not. No, I'm on a protocol and I intuitively eat like every day. <laughs> like all of my yeah. meals are intuitively eaten. That's why we are on protocols because we are intuitively eating because we know that things don't make our bodies feel good. Exactly. Yes. Oh my gosh. This could be a whole nother episode, but it's yeah, true. Whatever. So that's, that's that thing. Well, so I, I just think it's really ignorant and it's not true. And if you're in recovery, you are absolutely allowed to eat healthy you foods. Eat you're food. absolutely, you're allowed to eat unhealthy foods too. You're allowed to eat either. And anybody who's telling you you have to eat one or the other, screw them. Yeah. <laughs> eat whatever you want. Okay. Yeah. That's the point is to eat what makes you feel good, whether if that's healthy foods, like quote healthy foods, then do it. If it's quote unhealthy foods, then do it. Like you do whatever you need to do. Perfect. To feel good. Yes. Good way to sum that up. Yeah. Cool. So that's the state of affairs over here. So, so Christina's still pissed. <laughs> I'm still, I'm ramped up, but let's start with some questions. So I stopped thinking about this. Yeah. This is our Q and a episode. Our first one. Yeah. We've got actually, this first question relates to what we're talking about. It does. Do you want to start with that question? Yeah. So somebody said, is there anything you know about a chronic loss of appetite and gut issues? Lots. So much. Would you like to start off with this one? Sure. Okay. There's a lot I have to say about chronic loss of appetite and gut issues. So a lot of people, they have gut issues, whatever. They get bloating, nausea, all of this stuff. And then they actually just end up restricting their calories because they're so afraid to eat anything. They're afraid that if they eat something that they're going to get a gut reaction and you end up just eating smaller and smaller and smaller portions because you're so afraid of food. And then your metabolism gets really downregulated and your stomach shrinks. So you now accommodate less food. So that can be one thing. Are you restricting your calories because you're afraid of food because of your gut issue? And now you've just completely lost your appetite for food altogether. That's what happened to me. And I see it happening to a lot of my clients as well. They're just so afraid of food and they'll eat like a piece of chicken and a little bit of broccoli and a couple times a day and that's it. And they just like, oh, well, I'm not hungry. So it's fine, but really you're just kind of afraid and your metabolism totally downregulated on that. And yeah, it's yeah. sad. And it's, it's funny cause we were just talking about this the other day about how scary it is. I was saying how scary it is to me, how we can get so used to eating a certain amount of food that's really under eating, but we sort of train our bodies to tolerate that amount. Like I think about amounts of food that I used to eat and I'm like, wow, I would never feel full off of that. But back then, that's all I needed and I felt so full, you know? Yeah, well, you can train yourself to eat any amount of food. Yeah. And your body will accommodate for it, basically. In response to this question, I mean, my first thought was, I go, does she have an eating disorder? Because eating disorders often correlate with both gut issues and a loss of appetite. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing I'm wondering yeah. And like, we need more information. I'm like, what kind of, gut, I mean, gut issues can be anything like constipation and under eating go hand in hand. Yeah. Bloating. You don't want to eat when you're bloated and constipated. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if that's your issue, then but like, of course, under eating can cause constipation and bloating. So there's that. So some, like some, like if you're constipated, a lot of times you need more food to put some bulk in there so you yeah. can have a bowel movement. That's the issue. Or you some know? water. And another thing is a lot of people, they're really low in stomach acid and enzymes. So mm -hmm. if you don't have adequate levels of stomach acid and enzymes, then you're not properly breaking down your food. And it's just kind of sitting in your intestines and rotting seriously. And that's why you're experiencing a lot of your GI symptoms and your bloating and your gas and your nausea and all of that. And that can also really interfere with hunger. If you don't have proper stomach acid, you probably won't have proper hunger signals 
as well. So maybe start taking yeah. a, a hydrochloric acid supplement with your food, start taking enzymes, and then you'll have better digestion and maybe your hunger signals will level out as well. There's a lot of things that this could be from a lot. I know. That's why I was just like, we need more. I was like, are you, is she taking any medications? Like there are a lot of medications that can just literally turn off your hunger signals and also cause gut issues totally. as we know. So many times people, it's like scares me how many times people's issues are just because of the supplements or medications that they're on and they never would have thought of that. But people just take whatever their doctors tell them and don't think about it. I mean, I've done it. I like, I'm just, I've had issues and I'm just taking supplements and then I go and I look at the supplement, the back, like I finally look at it and I'm like, oh my God, why am I taking this? It has my, my one doctor had me taking something for a month that had soy and milk in it. Oh my God. Yeah. Ugh, that bothers me so much. The things that they put in supplements. So I can't with that. The other thing is just like your gut bacteria in general, like has so much to do with your appetite and your like, obviously your gut issues, mm-hmm. you know, like sometimes literally getting on a good probiotic and just balancing out the good gut flora can help with both of those things. Yeah, it can. And also a lot of people are walking around with gut infections. A lot of people have parasites, like they're way more common than you think. A lot of people have candida. A lot of people have bacterial overgrowth. And if you have any sort of infection like that, your hunger signals are probably going to be a little bit messed up too. Um, it can interfere with a lot of things. Hormone, like hunger is a game of hormones basically. Yeah. And no, you, yeah. yeah. And if you have gut issues, then most likely your hormones are off too. So there's I know, that. I was, just, I was just reading this study and they were talking about how E. coli, the proteins released from the E. coli, like literally turns off your hunger signals mm. and they would like, they were like putting them into rats and showing how it completely turned off their hunger signals. Um, oh my gosh. The, uh, crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. The other thing is what is she eating? Cause I was also thinking about this in the context of what if she's eating a really high fat and that's like turning up, she's like not hungry and, but she has bad like fat absorption. So she's has gut issues because of that. Yes. That could totally that, be something. Yeah. Well, the question was, is there anything you know about chronic loss of appetite and gut issues? It's such a multifaceted question because I don't know if it's due to gut issues. Like Christina said, like, do you have fat malabsorption? Do you have carbohydrate malabsorption? Like you could, like we have said previously, you could have low stomach acid as well. I would fix the gut issues, like whatever it is, work on fixing it. Just do basic level stuff like taking an HCL supplement and enzymes and maybe doing a mild elimination diet and taking with collagen. the help of a practitioner of course. All of the thing is though i whenever i hear things like this my first instinct is when people say i have a chronic loss of appetite my first thing is like okay does that mean that you have a loss of appetite and you're you're not eating or does that mean like you just don't feel hungry because in my opinion it is so important. To, you have to keep eating. Like you have to keep eating your meals, even if you're not hungry. I agree. I agree with that. Like, and that's my honestly my biggest pet peeve. And people get into such worse trouble when when they just stop when they're quote listening to their bodies. Sometimes we can't trust our body signals, especially if you have gut issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Like, I just don't like when people use. They say they have a loss of appetite and they use that as an excuse to not eat meals. Exactly. Yeah. You may have a chronic loss of appetite, but like you said, if you have a chronic loss of appetite and you're only eating one meal a day and you're like, I'm listening to my body, I'm not hungry, um, you probably still should eat more anyways. The reason why you're not hungry is because your body is in a stress response and it's prioritizing dealing with that stress response over eating food basically mm-hmm. and you need fuel still 
Like, you still need to eat, at least eat two meals a day, like, please, if you have this chronic loss of appetite. But just force you. That sounds bad, but forcing no, yourself you need, to eat. You it, need three meals. I agree. <laughs> just keep eating. Keep chugging along. It's it's interesting. We were talking about this, too, before, about people's different responses to, like, say you feel really bloated and constipated or something, like, quote, gut issues how people respond to that differently. Like I'm the type of person who eats more, even like my instinct is to keep eating. Cause I want to try and push oh, yeah. it through okay. my body. And you're like, I feel so gross. I don't want to eat. Yeah. You know, like a lot. And I know a lot of people feel that way. I think I'm the only person I've ever met who is like, I should eat more. Just push I feel through gross. It. Like, because I'm like hoping if I like, because I have such experience with the whole, not eating enough food causing constipation because there's just like not enough bulk in my stool to get through. Mm -hmm. So in my head, I'm like, if I can just have a bowel movement, I'll feel better. And to get a bowel movement, I need more bulk in my body. That's like my logic. Does that make sense? Yeah, it that makes sense. It is different literally for everyone. And that may be the case yeah. for me when I'm like that, there's no way I'm going to keep eating food because for me, it just keeps bulking up in my system and when I I have to take something like magnesium or drink like a crap ton of water and usually something happens but yeah it is crazy how it can be so different with those yeah yeah please don't do unintentional fasting just because of that um yeah no, don't do it okay but, well I think we yeah we covered that <laughs> next question okay are you guys enjoying this throwback episode? Can we just take a moment to appreciate how funny it is that Kara and I have all these weird food intolerances? I honestly forgot about that whole phase of my life and I am so happy I have <laughs> I have gone through so much physical and, and emotional healing since that time, but I just think it's it's fun too look back. But I want to take a brief break before we hop into the next question to tell you about today's podcast sponsor, Blue Blocks. Wearing a blue light blocking glasses is one of the easiest biohacks you can implement into your life. These will make a huge difference on your sleep, optimizing your hormones, balancing out your mood, increasing your productivity. You'll have more energy. You'll just feel happier. You'll be able to get more done. It all starts with your sleep. And you also might not realize that if you have any hormonal imbalances, which can include blood sugar dysregulation and wacky hunger signals, you know, if you feel like you're starving all the time, that could be connected to your sleep. And the founder of Blue Box, Andy Mant, helps people understand how wearing blue light blocking glasses can actually help them lose weight because you're optimizing your circadian rhythm. And there are so many different blue light blocking glasses out there on the market, and I have tried so many different pairs. And I'm so glad I finally landed on Blue Blocks because these are the best ones I've ever found. These are the only lenses that are 100% backed by the science. If you're wearing an orange lens, you are not blocking the full blue and green spectrum of light that you need to in order to optimize your sleep and your hormones. So I recommend everybody pick up the Sleep Plus Red Lenses. These are meant for after sunset. So when the sun goes down, put these on and these will help calm you down, reduce any anxiety and really promote your sleep. And if there's any blue light in your house or apartment or wherever you are, this can help mitigate the negative effects. And then during the day, either wearing the blue light clear lenses, that's what I'm wearing right now, or the Summer Glow Yellow Lens. The difference is that the blue light clear lens is a clear lens, and this is better for people who work under more natural lighting during the day. And then the summer glow yellow lens is a yellow lens. So this is blue light blocking meets color therapy. This is better for people who work under harsh artificial lighting or people who struggle with any type of seasonal depression. But these will help reduce any digital eye strain, reduce the likelihood of any headaches or migraines, and again, help to balance out your hormones. And if you really want to go the extra mile, pick up that Remedy Sleep Mask. This is their 100% light-blocking sleep mask that is amazing for improving REM and deep sleep cycles. They have about 20 different frames to pick from, so you will definitely find one that you like. I like the Parker ones the best, personally. And you can also send in your own pair of frames if you want to turn those into blue light-blocking glasses, or you can use their custom-made prescription service. 
And when you purchase, Blue Blocks will donate a pair of reading glasses to Restoring Vision, who will give them to someone in need. So if you want to pick up a pair of blue light blocking glasses from Blue Blocks, go ahead and head on over to blueblocks.com. That's spelled B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. And use my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, for 15% off. Again, that's blueblocks.com, B-L-U-B-L-O-X.com. And use my code wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S, if you want to get 15% off. And if you want to learn a lot more about how to optimize your circadian rhythm and all the ways that wearing blue light blocking glasses can improve your health, check out episode 230 with Andy Mant. Okay, it's time to hop back into answering some questions on the Straight Up Paleo podcast. So let's just jump back into the next question. Next one. This is an interesting one. This is a cool one. Yeah, it says... I've read about people taking shots of olive oil to clear out their gallbladder and liver. Is this healthy? What would you suggest as a form of detox? What are your first thoughts? Okay. What was funny is like, I guess I had never thought about it in this context before. Like I've taken shots of olive oil just like (laughs) for fun to get more fat. Yeah. I didn't think of it as like, Oh, is this a, a thing to do like for detox? I don't buy into all this detox. It's right. like this it's this really sexy way to get people to do things, you know? You go on some some online magazine and like the best way to detox and it's take a shot of olive oil. I'm like, how is that any different than just like adding more olive oil to your salad? But okay. But so then I looked this up and I guess I saw all these recipes for like detox drinks. Mm-hmm. And it's olive oil lemon and water and they're saying it like detoxes you and okay if you want to detox your liver and your gallbladder follow a detoxifying diet (laughs) do you know what i'm saying it's like i don't i think people think that they're just gonna do this one thing and i'm like oh i detox my liver and i'm like that's not really how it works yeah so that was my first thought (laughs) was why do you want to do this um first of all i do think that this is a valid thing to do like people have actually had really great success with doing a liver gallbladder flush basically you're drinking like half a cup of olive oil and like at night and then taking epsom salts and drinking like grapefruit juice or something like that and basically Mm -hmm. it's to break up all the stones in your gallbladder if you have any and like flush it all out and you're supposed to basically poop them all out the next morning and you see them and I know a lot of people that have done this and they say that it's really really helped them but I don't think it's something you need to do unless you know for a fact that like your gallbladder is in absolutely terrible shape like you're about to get it removed like seriously it's not like Christina was saying, if you want to detox your gallbladder and liver, then do a basic, like honestly, just doing a paleo type diet and just eating higher vegetables is automatically detoxifying a nutrient dense diet. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing is like, and like, if you want to do something that's really going to support your liver, like focus on foods that are going to be really nutrient dense and that have a lot of the vitamins and minerals that like your enzymes need to do their job. Focus on organ meats, my favorite. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Livers, but like leafy greens, lots of vegetables, cruciferous vegetables that have sulfur are really great to focus on. Beets and beet Um, greens are especially awesome for liver gallbladder. Yeah. Do that. I haven't, I don't think I've ever had beet greens, actually. They're really bitter, but you take beta TCP, right? Or Yeah. Yeah, it's a, like a beet concentrate supplement. If you guys don't know what beta TCP, it's a supplement from the biotics line, and it's basically meant to help with liver gallbladder flow and stimulating bile. And that's really what you want when you're trying to detoxify your liver and gallbladder. You want to stimulate the bile production. And you know, the way to do that is to eat more fat. You have mm-hmm. to eat fat in order to stimulate the gallbladder and liver to produce bile. And then you won't have sluggish backup in your gallbladder. If you're constantly eating fat, you're triggering it and it won't get stagnant and back up and have stones. So there's a lot of things that go into gallbladder and liver, um, but making sure that your diet is like on point and you're eating nutrient dense foods 
and taking a little bit of gallbladder support, whether that's through beets or maybe an ox bile supplement as well, that can just already start to flush things out. Do you feel like 99% of America has fat malabsorption (laughs) issues because we all were following a low-fat diet for so long? Yes, 100%. (laughs) Like, everyone. It screwed me up so bad. So bad. And then it's hard because when people start to incorporate fats in, they have these weird reactions. They're like, oh, wait, I just can't handle it. I'm like... No, you just have to teach your body to process it the same way when vegans are like, my body can't do animal products. I'm like, that's because your body hasn't had them in a while and you got to teach it. Exactly. You teach it to tolerate it. Yes. Once, it. It's, once you stop eating fat, you stop producing bile. And so you add it back in and your body's like, what the hell is this? Um, yeah. I feel like crap. I don't have bile to break this down. What am I going to do? And it's the same thing with, eating animal protein if you were vegan. Like Christina said, you stop producing stomach acid. You don't stop producing stomach acid, but sometimes you produce less when you go vegan because you don't have any protein to break down in your stomach. So then you introduce protein. You don't have enough stomach acid because you were vegan for so long, and now you feel really bad and your food is rotting. Yeah, and that's why you can't just give it one shot and then be like, I'm out. <laughs> you got to keep <laughs> you know, going. Because like, that's what people, that's what people do. They're like, I tried, like, I tried it that one time and it just didn't work. I'm like, all right, well, you also haven't been eating animal protein for three years. So yeah, no, no, what's, I don't know. What's we said this word? wasn't going to be explicit. <laughs> it's really hard. But well, yeah, duh. you don't, you don't need you to won't. do shots yeah. of olive oil. Okay. Like if you want to do it, make sure that you work with somebody or, yeah, just work with somebody, well, please. What was funny? What was funny to me was a lot of when I was looking this up, a lot of these like recipes for these liver detoxifying shots. I'm not even joking. It was two tablespoons of olive oil mixed with water and lemon, and I'm like, that's not going to do anything. Two tablespoons of olive oil. That's like a normal amount. Like I'm like, that's just like I would just eat that. That's not a. De- I'm not like detoxing. I'm doing anything fancy. I'm just eating it. But for a lot of you people, know? the sad thing is for a lot of people, that's a lot of fat at one point. And that well, could be, more fat. I know you do, but that could be enough for somebody that could be enough fat for somebody that doesn't eat that much for their gallbladder and their liver to start stimulating bile again and get the juices flowing. Like that could work for somebody who maybe hasn't eaten so much fat but for people like us who just pour yeah stuff on our foods um that's not going to do anything and a true gallbladder flush you're drinking like half a cup of olive oil or castor oil at a time not a shot what do you detox what does that mean to you do i detox um okay i don't do detox diets because your body is continuously detoxing like every second yeah. of the day. You don't when need I think, to do that. When I think detox, I think like juice cleanse. That's what I think. No, I think like getting like a really intense massage and like getting some like kinks worked out and like sweating. <laughs> but that's actually that's real detox. Like that's yeah. a good form of detox. I think of saunas also and those are all beneficial you can do that absolutely speaking of detoxing let's move on to the next question so somebody said i have noticed in this big instagram sugar detox and in whole 30 that fruit is sort of discouraged on a daily basis due to its sugar content i'm not one to obsess with daily recommended amounts set by the government but i'm concerned now that i may be eating too much fruit the sugar and am inhibiting my weight loss. I feel that if I don't eat a daily serving of fruit that I suffer digestive irregularity. Suggestions? Woo, this is a big question. Fruit is a hot topic. I don't know why, but there's so much controversy <laughs> over fruit. <laughs> yeah. I actually don't even I actually don't even know that I, 
I'm not familiar with the whole 30 outlook on fruit. I think they honestly, I'm not either because I've only done a whole 30 once in my life. And I was like 19 years old and I said, I don't really want to ever do this again. So I'm not sure. I think you can have well, like a couple pieces is, of fruit a day. This person is saying it's sort of discouraged on a daily basis. Well, okay. Do you remember when the Mind Body Green did their sugar detox and everybody freaked, freaked out because they said limit fruit to one to two servings a day? And honestly, I was like, can you guys calm down? First of all, no one's forcing you to do this. Second of all, it's not saying no fruit allowed. It's just saying try and do one to two servings. And if somebody can't limit their fruit to one to two servings. That's a sugar addiction. Yeah, honestly. That's bad. Like, okay, sorry. It's not bad. But if you can't limit it to one to two servings a day, seriously, that's a sugar addiction. And we don't need, you know, we don't need fruit to be healthy human beings. Like you don't even eat fruit, do you, Christina? Besides avocados. No, I don't eat fruit. Yeah. Like Christina doesn't even eat fruit. I didn't eat fruit for a really long time. You can get all the vitamins and minerals and all that great stuff from vegetables. So you don't need it. And your body is not going to completely freak out if you stop eating it for like seven days or 30 days. But I do think that fruit can be a really great part of anyone's diet as long as you don't have issues absorbing like fructose malabsorption or issues with fermentable carbohydrates within your gut. Um, yeah. Then it, it can be a really great addition to anyone's diet as long as you're not eating like 30 bananas. I mean, yeah, this is the thing. Like she's a- – they're asking about in terms of weight loss. And the truth is like, does fruit sometimes inhibit people's weight loss? Yeah. Yeah. It does sometimes, but there are so many other factors. First of all, if you're active, second of all, how old are you? This is a big reason why we wanted to start this podcast because so much of the information about health is put out there to just a general audience. Right. And who they're mainly talking to are hormonally challenged 50 year old women. Yes. Like, I'm sorry, but, and that's not us. And that's not who a lot of the people who are actually reading this stuff are either. So they're writing this to apply to these women who are older, but the people who are reading it are in their twenties and it's a completely different issue. It's a hundred percent a different issue. And as you get older, like a lot more people, a lot more women, they develop insulin resistance. So yeah, fruit may be a really big issue for them on their weight loss journey because you have insulin resistance. But if you're young and you work out and you eat pretty well and you're eating a serving of fruit or two a day, then you're fine. You're going to be okay. I mean, especially if you're eating fruit after, like if you do a workout and it can be used to replenish your glycogen, your glycogen stores. Mm-hmm. Like that's a really great time to eat it, but you also don't have to get so picky about it. like, it's going to be fine where it's just so individual. Some people do, some people do better on a higher carb diet. They really, you do. know, think about your ancestry and there are people from different parts of the globe who just do better with different macronutrient ratios, you know, just because of where they are from ancestrally. There are a lot of tribes who were really high carb and others that were really low carb and really high fat like it's just different for depending on your genetic makeup too Mm -hmm. yeah it's true and yes it is true that the fruit that we have today is like twice the size and has twice the sugar so that probably is another reason why fruit is such an issue for some people in weight loss because we're just not used to consuming sugar bombs like it's not real (laughs) It's not, it's not real. Yeah. But another thing is when you say inhibiting your weight loss, how much weight do you have to lose? Do you really need to lose weight? Do you really need to lose weight? Are you just trying to look a particular way that I can be said for pretty much anyone talking about weight loss? Because for a while I used to think that I had like 10, 20 pounds to lose. So I completely cut out fruit and most starchy carbohydrates. I wasn't keto. I just 
took, I just cut out starchy carbohydrates and fruit because I read it online like most people do. And yeah, I lost the weight, but it was really unhealthy and I didn't actually need to lose that weight. And then I became afraid of fruit and I became afraid of starchy carbohydrates. So there's no reason to be afraid. And do you really need to lose that extra five, 10 pounds if that's how much you're trying to lose? Yeah, that's the issue is that so many people are trying to lose weight and they don't have weight to lose. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, well, I'm stalled. Well, no, you just don't need to lose any weight. Yeah, your body's done. Thing, it's happy. Yeah. What are you really chasing? What are you really after? If you really lose any weight, like, is that really going to make you happy? Because there's probably something underlying that you need to deal with. The other thing, I'm kind of going back to what you're saying. I mean, that's literally how I'm, I made myself completely completely carbohydrate intolerant because I cut out all starches and all fruit for a while and then it basically made my body completely resistant to them and then when I tried to add them back in that's when I started having those crazy mm-hmm. reactions and I would start fainting and I, my body just couldn't metabolize carbohydrates or fructose and it was a mess and now I'm literally like I cannot let that happen again because I want to be able to eat it whenever I want I don't want yeah, you're talking you know? about like Thanksgiving. You're like, I just want to eat a sweet potato at yeah, Thanksgiving. Like, you don't want to make your body not able to metabolize everything. You want your body to be able to metabolize every anything you throw at it. But I mean, but the other thing is, yeah, I have a problem with these people who are putting tam- ten bananas in their smoothies. I do too. That's ridiculous and. That actually used to be me. I did a 30-day raw vegan cleanse, and you can still find it on my Instagram. (laughs) Like, I did it. Real far. I did it, and and they told you to put, like, two, three, four, however many bananas and dates in your smoothies that you wanted, and it was pretty much a no-fat diet. You could have, like, half of an avocado a day, and my health was so bad, and I really... I was honestly so desperate that I threw all of my prior knowledge out the window and I just did it, even though I knew it probably wasn't going to benefit me in the long run. And I'm not even kidding you. I was pretty much fruititarian and it ruined my life. Like so scary. It ruined my life. I had really bad issues digesting fat. Um, after that 30 day cleanse, I, I actually suspect, suspect I was like mildly insulin resistant because I ate so many bananas and so many dates. It was crazy. So, you know, don't do that. Don't go raw fruititarian. Natural sugar is still sugar. And it's debatable if it's actually natural sugar because, all of these fruits are not regular fruits anymore. Um, <laughs> so because we regular. have, we've injected them with scary growth hormones. <laughs> this is the thing though, not to be afraid of these things, but just to be aware. So if you're gonna eat, I don't know, a banana, if you're going to put dates in your smoothie, then don't put in five more bananas. You know, if you're going to eat a date, then you don't need to eat a bowl of strawberry. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like all about being aware and just not overloading your body at one time with all of the sugar. Yeah, exactly. But you don't need to be afraid because the internet is telling you like, oh, you're not losing weight because you're eating fruit or you're not losing weight because you're eating starches. Like, do not give in to those sort of fear tactics. Um, Just experiment and Seriously, maybe well, a, har- a higher carb diet does work for you. What's interesting is some, sometimes a higher carb diet does get people out of weight loss plateaus, but sometimes it's the opposite. It really depends on the person, and it's usually whatever you're doing right now, some, you usually need to do the opposite to push yourself. Like It's almost like a change in diet is what elicits change in your body, not and not even necessarily what the change is sometimes. But the other thing is fruit is different than other carbohydrates because fruit is metabolized in the liver. Mm -hmm. And when you have excess dietary carbs, those excess carbs turn into triglycerides 
in the liver. So fructose is like more easily converted into fat than other types of carbohydrates. It's true. So, I mean, like scientifically, like, yeah, that's why sometimes it does, it does hurt people's weight loss, but that doesn't mean it hurts everybody's Mm. weight loss. And that's also, again, dependent on their activity level and when they're eating them and how much they're eating. That's why it's all about being aware of how much you're having because it's a problem when you have excess carbs in your diet. Mm-hmm. It's not any carb, it's excess. Yes, excess. For, for your body. And that's why body. I think those sugar detoxes in Whole30 can be beneficial to people because it's saying, hey, let's try and eat one to two pieces of fruit a day. And then if that's hard for you, now you know that you yeah. probably have a sugar addiction issue and that you were probably eating a little too much fruit prior. So that's what the goal of sugar detoxes and Whole30s are, is to just bring awareness of what you're eating currently and how you can adapt to make your diet even better. Yeah, and that's why I think they're good because it's awareness and you have to remember it's not a forever. Just because you're limiting fruit to one to two servings a day right now doesn't mean that for the rest of your life you're never allowed to have more than one to two servings of fruit a day. That's not true at all. But it's I think it's a really good exercise for people who do eat a lot of sugar just to be more aware of not only like sugar consumption, yeah, but looking at all just in general looking at all of their products that they're eating like looking at ingredients and just like really learning what's in their food because i think people would be shocked at how much sugar they eat every day i mean i can't even imagine what i used to eat three years ago i mean i'm sure you feel the same way Mm -hmm. about how you used to eat i might as well just be eating bowls of straight up white sugar (laughs) yeah basically that's what all day long that's what I ate too, but I kind of think the bottom line is like no sugar won't necessarily stall your weight loss, but scientifically, if you eat over your specific tolerance for sugar and carbohydrates, yes, it can, but don't be afraid of it. Don't fear it and just cut it out completely. Find what works for you and your body that may be one piece, that may be no pieces, that may be like five. You never know. And also in the context of other things, when your blood sugar spikes, that creates insulin response. And that's like when that's happening all the time, that's what's going to lead to weight gain. Mm -hmm. And so it's about just keeping that spike lower. (laughs) Yeah. You know, so that's, that's why it's like limiting your fruit to a serving size at one time and pairing it maybe with protein and fat to blunt that blood sugar response. Exactly. Things like that. Or focusing like maybe for a little bit, you just focus on more of the low glycemic fruits like berries. Those are going to produce less of a blood sugar spike. So maybe just eat mainly berries or kiwi or whatever the lower glycemic index fruits are green apples and try to minimize those blood sugar spikes as much as possible or like with what christina said like pair it with protein and fat yeah berries are awesome because they're low glycemic and they have tons of antioxidants the ones that are really honestly bananas are just so carby and starchy they are and Um, bananas like aren't real they don't even have seeds in them anymore Honestly, if you're going to eat a banana, eat a green one because then you have your resistant starch. Yes. <laughs> yes. I agree. So I agree. you can you can poop then. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. okay. Well, I don't, I don't think we have time for another one. I think we'll save this next one for for next time. It's a good one too, you guys. I don't know if it's yeah. actually a good one, but it's one that I really want to rant about. So, which is why I want to give you time to rant about it. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, we'll save that one for next time. But basically, what did we talk about today? A lot of gut we stuff. Talked about, yeah, we talked about the, I feel like that's going to be the theme. That's my favorite topic, as we've, as we've explained before. Mm-hmm. Appetite, olive oil detox. I might go, I guess technically I'm about to go do an olive oil detox times four when I eat dinner. <laughs> because Christina pours like a quarter cup of oil on her food I go through that oil like no other guys get your Castanjunos olive oil shameless plug (laughs) no literally it's the best olive oil it really is 
truly. It's I was so good. at Paleo Effects. I was taking shots of their olive oil. So that's the only you time could, that I was going to do that. Yeah, no, you can literally taste the difference in real olive oil because it has this kind of like peppery, like kind of makes you cough, you know? Yeah, a little bit. And it's it's so much more earthy mm-hmm. and like robust and you can actually taste it. When yeah. I buy olive oil from the store, sometimes it just tastes like nothing. And that's I'm, because it's vegetable oil. <laughs> well, duh. <laughs> but if you buy the duh. crappy ones... Yes, it tastes yeah. like nothing. But yes, Casandrinos, good stuff. And remember, everything, it's so important to work with somebody one-on-one. Like mm-hmm. honestly, I think everybody needs needs a little guidance because we are all so individual and we are not doctors. So No. These are just our thoughts and we want to help you guys. Mm-hmm. We navigate do. This, navigate this scary health world. I know. Just just be that, more specific. free. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. So what did you guys think of that episode of Straight Up Paleo? And do you enjoy the throwbacks? Let me know your thoughts. Hop on over to our Facebook group, Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe. If you're not already in it, just request to join and I will add you in. And let me know if you want me to keep posting these, what you think. We can laugh about the, the state of my life and Kara's life when we recorded this years ago. I kind of forgot that I had such a bad reaction to avocado, but onward and upward, right? I hope you guys enjoyed this. Make sure you share it if you did and you want other people to find out about the show so that we can grow our community. And if you want more from Kara, you can find her at karahalderman.com and on Instagram at karahalderman. That's going to be it for today's show. I hope you have an awesome rest of your day. And I'll chat with you again next time. Bye.